What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Vintage Dow Podcast, man. My name is Muhammad. I'm one of your co-hosts, aka Secondhand Scoops. I'm here with my brother, my co-host, and the one and only, my thrift deal, aka Alex. Alex, how you feeling, my brother? How you feeling? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Excited. It's a beautiful day outside today, and I can't wait to tell the people about what we have in store for today's NFT episode. NFTs. I know. I know what you're thinking. I know you're thinking, oh, bro, not NFTs. It's okay. It's okay. We hope this episode is something that at the very least just opens your mind uh, a little bit more on NFTs so you can be more literate about it. And whether you choose to hop in or hop out, we just want you to be informed. So, Alex, what is an NFT, my brother? I'm sure a lot of people have heard of what an NFT is before. Maybe you haven't. It stands for a nice fucking t-shirt. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And NFT stands for a, a non-fungible token. And again, that might be kind of a word jumble. So I'm going to give you the quick definition and then give you the layman's term of it. Definition of it is a unique digital identifier that cannot be copied, substituted, or subdivided. It's recorded on the blockchain, and that allows it to be able to certify the authenticity of it, as well as ownership, and it makes it indestructible. So that was a lot of words. Essentially, it's, it's kind of like a cryptocurrency, but it's almost like its own cryptocurrency in a way. And each one is unique. They're built using the same technology that creates the cryptocurrencies, and that allows them to be traded on the same blockchain. So we'll talk a lot of these about Ether. There's other ones that you can build on other blockchains like Tezos. But for my opinion, Ether is the best one. And for a lot of different reasons, not going to go into that today. Check out some of the other episodes to learn more about that. But there's a minting process for each NFT, almost like a mining kind of thing like they actually have to mint it it doesn't exist yet so this minting process it's really a code that's made and the vintage punks nfts had their own codes about 1400 lines of code thank god i'm not a coder but basically this minting process it goes from zero to one so not, it doesn't exist until it actually gets minted and when it's minted just like a dollar it's pressed onto the blockchain and that puts it onto the blockchain forever these nfts they create digital scarcity just like physical trading cards for baseball cards or other things like that, except it's so easy to authenticate them, store them, exchange them. It's just a better marketplace for them. If you think about a normal trading card, you have the physical trading card. And then to look up the price of it, you go to your phone that's connected to the web and you have to look up the price of it. Why aren't those two things combined? Why isn't the collectible already online? NFTs allow that to happen. NFTs also, a lot of people think they're just a profile picture. It's so much more than that. You can use it as a picture. You can do a video with it, sound bites for musicians, full songs. You know, right now we do see a lot of the use as a profile picture or a PFP. If you ever seen the term, seen the term PFP stands for a profile picture. But honestly, anything could be an NFT. Jack Dorsey even sold his first tweet as an NFT for almost $3 million. It, it's crazy. But there can only be one owner and that owner's information is public. So that's kind of cool. You know, in the normal collectible market, you don't really know who owns it. You don't know how many there are out there. With NFTs, you know exactly how many are in the series. You know exactly how many are for sale. You can see the transaction history for the NFT, which for me as somebody in the collectible market, that's really cool. I want to see who owned it. I want to see for how long they owned it. I want to see what price they bought it for, what price they sold it for. All that information is available because of the blockchain. It keeps all that data centralized. And you know, just to say... NFTs are not a get rich quick thing in any means. Don't buy an NFT just because you think you're going to get rich from it. It's kind of like going to a farmer's market and you see an artist that you like and you want to support their work and buy their work. 
you don't buy their work because you think you're going to make a lot of money from it. You buy it to support the artist. And right now, a lot of the use cases for NFTs are individual artists that are just trying to put their own artwork out there and help grow themselves as an entrepreneur. And I just want to also add in on the topic of uh, what NFT is. I know earlier Alex said that your information will be public, but it's not like your it's not like your address and whatnot. Like I want to rehone that, uh, like your wallet, like your 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 digital identity, I should say, will be public, so people know that as the NFT is being sold and bought and traded and whatnot. Like there's a there's an authentic line, uh, an authentic line of ancestry. I don't know. I don't know if that's the best word for it, but it's like, I know in vintage t-shirts, it's like when someone says like, yeah, there's a rap tee and X, Y, and Z owned it. And I bought it from X, Y, and Z. I have no way to prove that. But if someone, if I'm getting a vintage Selena tee and I'm about to pay 1.2 K, I want to make sure it's authentic. I want to, and, and if I don't trust the seller I'm buying it from, then like being able to fact check that they got it from a seller I bought it from, like stuff like that is invaluable and is literally possible because of the blockchain. And again, everything we say, if ever, like you need to rewind on it, if it's too much to digest all in one sitting, like just remember, like it takes me respectfully, like two, three, five times in hearing a piece of information before I even understand it, let alone internalize and be able to utilize it. So we're just coming down. Uh, so we just figured out a little bit about what NFTs are. We know that they're non-fungible tokens. We know that they can only be owned by one person. But the question arises, like, why are they valuable? Why, why do I care about this? Um, why are people willing to spend millions on something they could easily screenshot or download? Because an NFT allows a buyer to own the original item. I'm going to repeat that. An NFT allows a buyer to own the original item. Not only that, it contains built-in authentication, which serves as a proof of ownership. Collectors value those like digital bragging rights within it almost more than the item itself. And more than anything, that that is like so I just want to keep re-emphasizing like the whole reason an NFT holds value is because you're able to own the original item of something. Uh, an example that me and Alex always talk about is like the Mona Lisa. You know what I'm saying? Or any piece of high art. Like, yeah, you could download a print of the Mona Lisa hanging on your wall, and that's dope. You got a Mona Lisa on your wall, but you don't have the original Mona Lisa. And so you can't sell your print of the Mona Lisa that you got from your printer for the same amount that you could probably sell a Mona Lisa, like an original Mona Lisa. You know what I'm saying? And so the NFT allows you allows not just you, but everybody that interacts with that NFT to know that this is the original piece. This is the original piece of work. Um, and I want to reemphasize that because that's game changing for a lot of different people, but especially artists and musicians, um, at least specifically from where the technology is at now in due time will be <laughs> game changing for a lot of other artist genres, but it's so game changing for artists and musicians because instead of having to go to a gallery to sell your work, they can literally sell your work online for myself personally. Like before I jump into vintage DAO and learn more about crypto and vintage, uh relationship with the crypto world from alex and all the homies from vintage dow uh the first my first interaction with nfts were photos a lot of my film friends were were starting to create nfts for their photos a lot of my uh visual arts friends painters and sculptors were starting to create nfts for the their digital work and it's it was just it was just wild to see it was wild to see not only how successful how lucrative but it's like how 
accessible it was. The fact that all, all of these things live in the online space provides another avenue for artists to not only share their work, but to connect with a larger market of people that might want to enjoy and support your work. Uh, another value of NFTs are programmable royalties. The artist gets paid every time their work transacts. Within the code of how NFTs work, um, there is a dedicated portion that goes to the original artist of the work. So if someone gets a vintage punk and they get my, if I'm trying to sell my vintage punk uh, um, uh, uh, NFT, uh, the original creator, which would be Vintage Dow, would get a portion of that. So as it and as it keeps on being transacted, as people keep on buying and selling it, uh, that original the art, original artist will keep getting it. That has never ever been done before. You know, we come from a universe of where artists have to uh, be at the mercy of large labels and large industry executives or larger artistic institutions to be able to have your original work, whatever that original work is, to always be able to accumulate this passive income through it is insanely game changing. And I know, I know, I know, I know, you're like, oh, okay, man, that's pretty dope. But another part of why it's valuable is because you could create it yeah, for a lot of people, especially in the Web3 universe and in this like metaverse space, um, you can make it your profile picture. And I know that doesn't seem like that groundbreaking, but in many ways, your NFT can become your personality within this uh, uh, this other universe. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like if if my my vintage punk is the Pikachu vintage punk like over time in due course if we're doing everything that we're doing right and making the legendary moves we finna make then it's like cats might not even know me as secondhand scoops they might know me as the pikachu t guy <laughs> you know what i mean like and so it's beautiful to see that representation of vintage specifically for myself in this crypto world as all these people are coming in from the crypto universe from all different facets of the benefits of the metaverse like, it's dope to know that, like, as I interact with the larger community of crypto, their first interactions with me is they'll know me through vintage. And respectfully, like, like vintage is something incredible to me, life-changing to me. And I really want to uphold and, I don't know, represent that in this new space that I'm exploring. Tapping in with Alex real quick. Anything you want to add on the values of uh, NFTs, my brother? I think you did a great job there, honestly. Think, like, that was perfect pretty much really for me, the biggest, biggest value prop with the NFTs, besides the authentication, besides the storage of it, besides all of that is really for the artists. Like you said, and traditionally artists are always exploited. It's usually um, some high level exec, or you look at independent artists that are trying to sign with a label. Like the artists are constantly exploited. You think about a Picasso when he first made his work, I'm sure he probably couldn't even sell it. <laughs> Obviously it's funny to think about right now, but like, it's hard for artists when they're starting out. They usually have to sacrifice the price of what they're selling it for just to get their work out there. And it's it's not fair. Why why shouldn't the original artists be compensated every time their work is transacted? And it's not like they're getting 25% of a sale. You know, most of the creator fees, they range between four to six percent for the artist. And I think personally, as somebody who's never even identified as an artist up until more recently with everything I've done in crypto, I think that's totally fair for an artist. They they their work is their work. And just because it's not the first time it's being sold, why wouldn't they get a portion of the sale? NFT technology, blockchain technology, that allows for this new form of a marketplace to exist in a way that artists have never been able to capitalize on before.
and straight up it's super duper easy to purchase an nft that's a big thing so if you've watched our previous episode we talked a little bit about um like having a uh, a crypto wallet uh such for example like a metamask and utilizing cryptocurrency like eth um uh, the biggest thing to get an nft is once you've set up your crypto wallet and uh it's to exchange your physical currency for a cryptocurrency like ethereum um, or ETH on the Ethereum network, excuse me, trying to find more specificity. Uh, and you can do that easily through Coinbase. You know, I mean, go, go through Coinbase, throw the real Guala in, get the virtual Guala in, and now you're in virtual Guala mode. You know what I'm saying? And what's cool is that NFTs uh, uh, can be bought and sold through very accessible exchanges um, and spaces, platforms like OpenSea, looks rare, rareability. And um, what's cool is that once you get an NFT, uh, you can view your NFTs, the values of it through like an online portfolio management tool. Remind me again, what was that called again? The Your portfolio tool that you told me? I like using Zerion or Zapper. Zerion I like better for mobile just because they have a better mobile app and there's like a chart you can see your portfolio on. Honestly, though, for NFTs, I, they're not the best with NFTs. I would recommend Zapper. Zapper is more of a web-based application, but you can view it on mobile too. And they're really smooth with showing you all your NFTs. Of course, if you just go to OpenSea or Looks Rare, any of those websites that the exchanges are on, you can do your portfolios there too. And to sell them, you would go onto one of those exchanges, list it for sale on there. Um, but it's only for sale on the exchange you list it on. So just because you list it on OpenSea doesn't mean it's also for sale on Looks Rare. It's kind of like the clothing apps. Just because you list a piece of clothing for sale on Depop doesn't mean that it's just automatically listed on Grailed. So it's each exchange is unique in that way. Some of the exchanges are more favorable than others. Just if you think about like OpenSea is, OpenSea is not like decentralized. OpenSea has its own agenda, has its own CEO. It's not, it doesn't have a utility token for it. Looks Rare recently launched a token, <clears throat> excuse me, called Looks. And that token allows the owners of it to have input into how the structure of the exchange is run. All the different things, the governance token, they're both really cool. Um, I caveat, I do hold looks rare, but I got it in the airdrop <laughs> from it. So I, I think it's a really cool technology and it's not a complicated process to buy an NFT. You just need crypto that you get on Coinbase, buy it on the exchange, view it in your portfolio management tool. And if it's too crazy, reach out to Vintage Dow. We'd be happy to help you for real, for real, for real, for real. But uh, speaking of value, uh, yo, uh, Alex, like, like what's like, what's the most expensive NFT that's ever dropped? Yeah, but it's, are you buckled in? <laughs> make make sure you're buckled in because it might blow your mind. You might think it's 5 million, 10 million, 20 million. No, there's, there's two NFTs that I'm going to call out here. The first is one that is the most expensive ever purchased by a single buyer. And that was Beeple's Every Days, the first 5,000 days piece. And that sold for just about $69.3 million dollars at auction from a single buyer. And it catapulted people to be obviously the leading NFT artist. It's insane. I don't know if it'll transact again, but he'll definitely get a nice uh, creator fee if it does as well. But that's the most expensive single NFT. Can you repeat purchase. that number real quick? Just respectfully. Sorry to interrupt. Can yeah, you just no, no, it's, it's a big number. It's a big number. 69, just about 69.3. It might've been 69.42, um, but I think it was 69.3 million for it. And then the technically most expensive NFT ever sold is called the Merge. And it's a collab, it's a collage basically of like 313 pieces of artwork 
that were split between almost 29,000 different buyers, but the collective price was just short of $92 million. So there's major, major pricing being done on these. I mean, you think about what's like a big art piece right now and the Mona Lisa obviously referred to anything from Banksy, which only sells for a couple million. Like these digital artworks are, are real pieces. There's a huge collector market for them. And it's, it's put a lot of this NFT technology on the map. Just anytime there's a lot of dollars behind something, people pay attention. And since 2017, there's been over $25 billion spent on NFTs. That's $25 billion in about five years has been spent in the NFT market. Right now, some of the biggest NFT series are the Board Ape Yacht Club, Azuki, and CryptoPunks. So vintage punks are based off of CryptoPunks. You know, Board Ape Yacht Club, you've probably seen the monkeys. People always ask me, why, why are there so many monkeys in NFT? Or like, why, why are there all these animals? And it's, it's kind of random. It's, you know, it's maybe folklore to a degree. Apes are easy to point to because people will refer to aping into a coin as like, I didn't do any research, but I'm going to send it on this coin. I'm just going to buy a bag. I heard one cool line on a tweet. Like that's what aping is. So apes kind of have that culture behind them of just like, you want to ape into something. It's like a gusto move. Not necessarily the smartest move, but you put your cards on the table when you ape. So that's kind of an answer to like, why, why are these animals in NFTs? And I just want to also add in um, earlier, earlier, uh, uh, Alex said that when there's a lot of money, people start paying attention. And for all of my cats watching this from like the vintage universe, that was the same thing that I witnessed from the live market on Instagram live. I remember no one wanted to do it. And then suddenly like <laughs> everyone wanted to do it. And then even the cats that were really not wanting to do it, once that 6K Aladdin drop, boom, not only did Disney boom, but it was like, everyone's like, okay, we're going to go. We got, we're already too late. Like someone already sold it for 6K. Like, you know what I mean? And in the same way, like what the anime boom, that vintage, excuse me, Pirate King Ev and uh, all the anime homies did with that. It's like, it's the same thing. Like no one cared about Naruto. No one, like I remember because I cared about Naruto and nobody cared about Naruto. And uh, you know what I mean? It's like, it's the same thing. And so we utilize these numbers, not as a flex, but to contextualize, like, why is this actually valuable? Why are people actually going in on this? Because clearly there's real money being made and it's not all going to be, you know, like $91.8 million <laughs> transactions clearly. But like the fact that that's the range is insane. I just wanted to add that. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So a lot of money behind it. It's a great call out to like, like you said, in vintage, I remember when the 6k genie dropped, shout out to Corbin. I was watching that live. I think I threw a five. Yeah. I threw out a $500 bid, thought there was a chance I could get it and quickly got outran my shirt check. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was really cool. So going back to the NFTs, like, Honestly, probably the most popular question that I get asked or one of the most popular questions that I get asked is can't the NFT just be screenshotted? Like, why can't I just download it and do it on my own and just have it as my own thing? And, you know, you might think like, hmm, you, you might be right. Maybe this blockchain technology isn't all that it's cracked out to be. But honestly, the blockchain technology is why there's not a lot of value in actually having a screenshot of it. You're more than entitled to have a screenshot of it you want to throw that as your background on your phone because you appreciate the artwork just the same way that you might have a background of a, a shoe that you like or a tee that you like or anything that you like really there's no harm in that but you can't sell that screenshot because it's not on the blockchain the blockchain is what creates the authentication process for that nft so you you might you can have it you can hold your own version of it but you can't sell it and you can't pretend to own it 
you know, if you look at vintage right now, I'm sure a lot of people have had this happen to them where you might find your picture is on somebody else's page on one of these apps and they're trying to sell the tea like it's their own tea. And you know, I mean, you have a harder time of stopping that on Mercari than you do of actually preventing somebody from selling your own NFT because on Mercari, they're not verifying that the person trying to sell that item actually owns the item. It's not a live picture that you have to post of it. Whereas on the blockchain with NFTs, if you go to one of the exchanges like OpenSea, I can't just upload a screenshot. Well, I could just upload a screenshot to sell, but it won't show that it's actually tied to the right series. And that verification process, the authentication process, that's invaluable. That is what is going to prevent scams from happening. That's what's going to prevent malicious transactions from happening is that blockchain technology. And we're even seeing it right now. You know, you could, like I said, you could put it on your phone. You could make it your profile picture on social media, but we're seeing these social media giants like Twitter. They just launched an NFT verification process for profile pictures. And if you've gone on Twitter and you've seen that little hexagon on there, hex is the new flex. So if you want, you can tie your MetaMask wallet or other NFT or crypto wallets to Twitter, upload the picture from there. And if you have that hexagon shape for your profile picture, that is Twitter's way of showing that they are verifying that you own that NFT. So nobody can just go try to download a board ape and pretend like they have a board ape. No, if they don't have the hexagon, it's not verified. And it even shows you the transaction log for that NFT. So you can click on it. You can see it on OpenSea on the exchange. You can see all the metadata behind it that's verifying it. That's huge. Instagram recently has talked about wanting to launch their own NFT verification and potentially even a marketplace for NFTs. I think the marketplace is probably a little bit a ways away. And in my opinion, doesn't really make sense that much for them to do. But NFT verification for a profile picture makes total sense. We talked about these NFTs being a digital representation of yourself. There needs to be a way to verify that it's your thing too. So that's kind of, yeah, you could screenshot it, but you can't sell it because it's not on the blockchain. On the flip side, there's kind of a responsibility for artists to a degree to kind of like safeguard their work. One thing that I hear about happening and it's not a good thing and, you know, screw the people that are doing it, but people are taking other musicians music and uploading it like it's their own. They're taking other graphic artists work from their art station pages and uploading it like it's their own artwork to sell. And right now, like that is one thing that's a problem in the NFT marketplace, but I would caveat that with it's no different than the current marketplace that exists in the real world. There's nothing stopping any of these vendors at any of these pop-ups from going onto that same art station, downloading it, printing it onto a nice canvas, framing it and selling it like their own. There's nothing stopping anybody from downloading the song from whatever platform, throwing it on a CD and selling it as their own. It's illegal. (laughs) That is illegal. You can't do that according to the law, but physically like what's stopping you, nothing is stopping you from doing that. However, in the NFT marketplace, they're working on creating verification methods where when you upload a picture to sell, they want to be able to scan the web and see if there's any like like similar shapes or similar designs or color palettes or heck whatever the hex code is for the colors. Like they're working on creating ways to verify that it's a, not a stolen piece of artwork. And I think there's a much better chance of that happening in a digital realm than there is in the physical realm. The the host of the vintage market pop up is not going to be able to verify that you're selling an authentic art piece. But on the web, you can do that. On sounds, you can do that. We've seen Instagram. For me personally, like I used music from up and coming artists two years ago. And I got a notification last week that they banned my video in four countries because of copyright infringement. 
I didn't do it maliciously and I didn't, they didn't even have a label at the time, but now that that artist is signed, now that their Instagram is able to verify like the ownership of that music, they're able to prevent those kind of things from happening. So again, having this NFT marketplace, it creates a safer environment for transactions to happen. And really the more an NFT is shared, the, in theory, the more valuable it becomes. Like how do people know about this artwork if it's never shared, right? So there's a lot of value in having people share your artwork where it crosses the line, in my opinion, is where your art, your NFT is kind of tied to your brand and somebody's trying to impersonate your brand and pretend to be you online. That's crossing the line. Don't do that. But with these verification methods like Twitter's hexagon thing, somebody can try to do that. But if they don't have the hexagon, they don't own it. And I just want to add in that truthfully, like the NFT space is just like one small space part of the larger universe of crypto, larger universe of the metaverse. And a lot of what we're trying to do in Vintage DAO with the Vintage uh, Punk NFTs is to create a commitment to growing the Vintage DAO. Because I know I, I've had a few homies say it's like, okay, like if what you're trying to do is create a community, like why are you trying to like just like get this money off of these NFT punks, like these Vintage NFT punks? And I'm like, I don't think you understand, like to make anything happen in this world, we need money. And the punks just let us know that these are people at the very least are willing to put X amount of guala to create something collectively. You know what I'm saying? Because if me or Alex are trying to do something independently, all we have is the budget of what we have. You know what I mean? But to be able to utilize a large group of people that believe in the same thing. For example, within Vintage Dow, the belief that vintage has a place in this crypto space and also that this the literacy in crypto can benefit vintage as a whole like that 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 belief that understanding through not just digital like spaces but also uh translating it to physical events physical connections like real life like me and alex have never met in real life i just want you to know that it's crazy i feel like i know you so well i, I talk to you a lot but yeah we've never met in real life and Honestly, Instagram has connected me to so many people that I'm yet to meet in real life just because of physical limitations. But through a digital space, you know, call it a metaverse 2.0, <laughs> and we call it Web3 like 3.0, it's offered that to me. And I'd be able to create meaningful friendships, meaningful relationships, partnerships, everything through it. And the other thing I would add to the vintage punk NFT as well, and NFTs in general, another huge value prop is the verification for different memberships. You know, if you sign up to be a member at a gym, you get a gym card, right? This is kind of like the digital version of that. You want to be a part of a, a membership or a community in the metaverse. An NFT is the easiest way to create that membership card for it. But what's unique and what's different, you think about your gym membership, the gym adds a new building to their gym. It's really cool. But now your membership cost goes up because they have new, new stuff that's going on in the gym. You don't participate in any of that financial gain of the, the community that you're a part of increasing. In fact, your gym membership probably increases in price. So the difference is with NFTs and having NFTs as the membership token, if you will, to get into that community, it flips that paradigm upside down. Not only are you in charge and not only do you physically own your membership, you can buy and sell your membership. And as the value of, in this case, Vintage DAO increases, in theory, the value of the NFT of the Vintage Punks increases too, because you're getting so many more benefits by being a member in it. And it's really cool. It's making NFTs make membership an asset. There's one thing I could leave you with today. <laughs> NFTs make memberships an asset for communities. 
there's certain protocols online where you have to sign in with your, you have to log in with your MetaMask and it has to verify that you own a vintage punk. And if you do that, that unlocks certain gated content, like discounts at certain vendors and things like that. So it's really cool. NFTs are not just for your profile pictures. They're truly a membership token. It's a way for artists and musicians to capitalize and make the most of their, their work in a way that's never been able to do before. The NFT ecosystem and the marketplace for it, it creates a safer space for collectors to transact, verify, see transaction history, see the highest current offer on it, allow you to make an offer at any moment and any time. And all these NFTs are priced in ETH. That's one thing too, that what's cool with the NFT and it's different from a cryptocurrency. You know, if I buy a, a crypto, yeah, that coin might go up, but the price of ether might go up also. And if both the random coin and ether go up by a hundred percent, I didn't make any ether because the goal is to get it back to ether. Whereas with the NFTs, they are priced in ETH. So as the value of the NFT goes up, I'm getting more ether for it. And so it's like a store of value for your ether, but also a way to stack ether. And that was something one of my friends, shout out to Michael, he tried to tell me about this way early on and I didn't, I didn't listen and it cost me a lot of ether because I was taking gains in USD while ether price was going up. And if I had just kept those gains in ether like they were, it would have made so much more money for me. So shout out to Mike. Thank you for that. <laughs> Mohammed, anything else that you want to leave the people with today? I just want to say thank you. If you watch to this far in the video, like I just want to say thank you. Like truly, like um, it is not easy doing this. There's still so much within the technology that is changing, becoming more efficient for everybody in the universe. Um, and a lot of it, respectfully for myself, it's still really scary. Like it is still a lot for me to chew on, grasp on, but it excites me. Some something about something about this space excites me. And I think whenever I feel it in my gut, I have to trust that. And even if like ultimately like it doesn't pan out to be something incredible, like I'm glad I got to connect with Alex. I'm glad I got to connect with Conexion. I'm glad I got to meet all the incredible people in Vintage DAO and continue to build these relationships because it's like, truthfully, anything that is fighting to bring us together ultimately is a good thing, respectfully. And I think at its core and at its foundation, that's what I believe Vintage DAO to be. And I hope, I hope as y'all are diving, doing your own research, none of this is financial advice. Uh, I hope, I hope at the very least, you remember there's real people making this. So please move with kindness, move with grace, and more than anything, move with patience for each other, especially yourself. <laughs> That's all I got today, Alex. Beautiful, beautiful. No, thank you again, everybody. This was a long one. It was dense, but it's it's a really good material. Just like in the DeFi episode, this is probably going to be one that you need to play on repeat a couple times. Take it in, in sections to digest it better. We're always here as a resource. Myself, Alex, my thrift deal on Instagram, Muhammad, secondhand scoops on Instagram, and of course, Vintage Dow at Vintage Dow on Instagram. Please reach out. We're happy to help. Thank you guys again, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Peace.